Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Why it matters. Money FM 89.3. It is the evening runway. I'm Elliot Danker together with Timothy Go. It's time now for Why It Matters. So since the COVID-19 pandemic, the term black swan events has been put in the spotlight, basically describing events that are unpredictable. And, you know, these sort of events tend to leave behind severe consequences. But... Tim, with the new year just around the corner, and mm-hmm. now that we've become so flexible in that sense, is it time to retire this term, Black Swan event? <laughs> Perhaps it is. And why should it be retired? Yeah. Well, we'll find out more. All right, some questions we're going to ask our guest, Charles Ferguson, who is APEC General Manager, GP. Charles, good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon, my friends. How are you guys doing? Very good, sir. Thank you so much for taking the time to help us out with this term, Black Swan event. (laughs) Uh, More water off a duck's back, perhaps. Uh, But first, tell us a little bit about GP. This organization helps companies expand worldwide. Tell us more. Yeah, look, we we provide a solution that allows for companies to hire talent uh, compliantly anywhere in the world in a matter of moments. And that's important because one of the first key elements of businesses' expansion is bringing talent on board, uh, particularly in local environments, to make sure you know, there's positive local knowledge and, and good impact with the market you're trying to get into. So we've been running this business for uh, 12 years now in 187 countries around the world, providing that HR support and that local compliant hiring capacity uh, through our technology platform. And as a result of all of that kind of exposure to all these different markets, we're kind of uh, experts around how to navigate in this, in, as you said, this black swan environment that we seem to be so prone to these days. All right, Charles, just define what black swan event really means. Look, it's an interesting term, right? There's a gentleman called uh, Nassim Nicholas Taleb, who's a professor and an economist, who came up with the term many years ago. And ostensibly, it was a way to define events uh, approach an outlier sort of context. So an outlier meaning it is so rare that even the possibility that it might occur is completely unknown. And typically speaking, it has a very extreme impact when it occurs. Now, to be clear, we seem to be prone these days because of all the negativity uh, in the news around these events to focus only on the negative. But there are positive things that can be attributed to a black swan event, like the rise of the internet or artificial intelligence or things of this nature that seem to kind of surprise. But in spite of uh, these outlier sort of statuses, expectations are created for these things after the fact, hopefully making it more predictable in the future. Yeah, I mean, you've got people like, I'm sure you've read the book, Never Split the Difference, Chris Voss creating a company called Black Swan in in (laughs) that sense. Yeah. So we we use this term black swan and this a lot on the back of COVID-19. I wonder, Charles, does this change the dynamic of crisis management? Meaning it's a lot more broader now. So really, you shouldn't be looking at it as a black swan event. You should be just more nimble as a company. Mate, that's spot on. I mean, the reality is that particularly since the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, we've seen the I guess the timeline in between these significant global impact events shortening, right? We saw COVID pandemic definitely took us by surprise. Then we saw a succession of uh, additional sort of socioeconomic and macro political sort of events that have knocked a lot of people off of their stride. The reality is I think the companies that are going to be successful moving forward are the ones that in the face of these ongoing disruptions need to adopt a more sort of global mindset in order to thrive and to scale. And part of that is really understanding that, you know, the world exists way beyond your own geographic frame of reference. 
And if you pay attention to what's going on in the world, you can really start to build resiliency into your business plans, into the way that you're structuring your organizations and how you're making investments to grip the opportunities that are inevitable in these disruptions. I know the conversation really is about the potential of retiring this term black swan right. events and, and how companies should view it or how they should interpret it in that sense. I wonder though, Charles, from a marketing point of view, wouldn't companies want to sell themselves as black swan proof? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good one. You might want to coin that, Matt. Um, look, I think you know humans tend to have this propensity to search for evidence, right, that's based on the beliefs that they already hold. Um, And this fallacy is very commonly referred to as confirmation bias. You know, all the evidence that that contradicts these biases are are typically ignored. And I think that point, companies that kind of lean into this information bias kind of fallacy and say, hey, look, you know, we are capable of not necessarily predicting the future, but I think the most critical piece is being prepared. So if you can present, you know, your own business or you can present a model or internalize within your organization a model that allows you to be properly prepared for inevitable uh, disruptions and challenges, you're going to be able to scale way beyond those of your competitors. Mm. So I, I get your point. And I do wonder on that note, when you're planning teams, you know, around your business, the word diverse is even more important than ever before because that'll allow a lot more layers to future proof. In that sense, you're not actually trying to future proof. You just made up in a way that should run itself. Maybe you're, you're absolutely right. So let's think about some of these things. The example okay. would be in the newscast just before well, we started our conversation, we were talking about some changes in the trade policy uh, between China and Australia. Sure. And you, know, you can sort of amplify that same a sort of policy deviation across a whole litany of different trade blocks. You look at a lot of people during the course of the height of the pandemic looked at how China was you know, pursuing a policy of zero COVID. And as a result, a lot of people said, oh, we've got to get out of China. The reality is it's not about getting out of China. It's about building a resiliency into your planning such that it's China plus one or it's you know China plus, meaning how do we ensure that we build resiliency into our supply chains and the way that we're doing our business such that if there is an overdependence on a particular market or a particular type of talent, as an example, yeah. we have alternatives in place so we don't get uh, dominated by putting all our eggs in one basket. And that's really how businesses and, and governments and companies and individuals can you know, prepare themselves for a future that is going to be increasingly connected. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that connection, the disruptions are far more profound. So just, to, you know, catching on the term that you use, China Plus, I mean, obviously, this is pointing towards how 2024 business should be working on, on partnerships. The geopolitical situation doesn't help. But can these partnerships between countries, in spite of geopolitical relations, can it really, I hate to use the word, future-proof a business? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I... It's a great question, and it's a very valid point. And I would extrapolate, you know, from that macro political economic environment to let's talk about, you know, the, the workaday business that's out there. Let's talk about small, medium businesses, for example, in Singapore. You've got to have a deep understanding of what your business and your, your, your talent bitch's core competencies are. And once you understand those, you understand your values, your, your vision, your mission, understand where those gaps are. You know, you can look to the past for sort of pointers towards, you know, things that you should have been prepared for. That's kind of the whole, you know, premise behind the black swan event is is kind of looking back in hindsight. But 
the point is, I think, and you just nailed a really critical point for 2024 and moving forward. I think the word of the day is partnership. I think it's understanding when you should be able to take control over a certain scenario within your business or, or you're searching for talent, et cetera, and when to lean into partnerships who have, you know, uh, expertise or core competency to be your co-pilot. And by the way, that, that extends into technology. You think about um, the advent of artificial intelligence and all the large language models and machine learning that's, you know, the, the soup du jour and the acronym soup that we all swim in. I would suggest to you that just as you want to look for in real life partnerships to help you navigate uh, the future of disruption, you also want to experiment, sure, but lean in to some of the innovations that are happening in the technology scene as well. I am curious though, Charles, I mean, you talked about searching for experts and partnerships as well. How much does that extend into hiring the notion of I have to choose experts in particular fields? Isn't it more viable Mm -hmm. to have people who are, I don't know, multifunctional in that sense? Man, you've nailed a really critical point that uh, I've been sharing with a lot of businesses recently, and I'll I'll try to, in very short order, explain it. There's an acronym that I use. I call it DICE, and it spells out uh, D-I-C-E-E, and what it stands for are the characteristics that, frankly, both uh, talent should be looking for and the types of managers or businesses that they work with. And, you know, the corollary is also true. Managers and businesses that are looking for new talent should be looking for these characteristics. And what it stands for, the D is for determination. And the determination is, can you show me as a business or an individual how you've been determined to overcome obstacles, um, examples, et cetera. The I is for insight. Can you take all of the crazy amounts of volume of, of information that we're getting hit with every day and get the signal out of that noise and show insights from that information? The C is for curiosity, and that is your ability to constantly be hungering for new learning, to be curious about the world. And the two E's at the end are ability to engage and your ability to express empathy, Mm. because the world has gotten so democratized by all the events that we've all gone through and so sort of amplified by the access to all the information about these events that we have to be able to walk a mile in someone's shoes or at least attempt to do so in order to connect on that human level. And so to your point, I think there are macro characteristics that go beyond, you know, competencies and skills and experience that make, uh, I think, are our hallmarks or harbingers of the ability to operate in a remote environment and certainly in a world that is more increasingly disrupted by events that are out of our control. Wow, nice. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I think anyone in a leadership position will really appreciate that. I've been speaking with Charles Ferguson, who is APEC General Manager for GP. Charles, thank you for your time. Take care and have a great Tuesday evening. You boys take care. Take care. Bye. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.